tonight we're going to be diving into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I know for a lot of you guys this might seem foreign. Um, and don't worry about it. You're, you're, you're in good company. Uh, you're not alone. Um, it took me a while to flush out all of those unhealthy um, ways that I grew up in certain circles um, in the South um, around some of these faith healers and TV evangelists and just the misrepresentation of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, it, it did. It, it took me a while to flush a lot of that stuff out. Um, example one, um, I led a college ministry back in Florida. And one of the guys who was leading uh, worship for us, he belonged to another church, and his dad uh, was diagnosed with, with cancer his senior year in high school. And as, you know, high school and, and time went on, um, he wound up passing away um, after uh, the guy uh, graduated from high school. And so we're, we're sitting around in our staff meeting at church, and one of the pastors at, at the church I was a part of, he, he says this. He said, if, if that guy had enough faith, he would have been healed. Right. I'm like, what kind of, where am I? I mean, that, that, I was just taken aback. I mean, this, this guy was a loving father. He has two, he had two sons. Both are still in ministry. Um, he started the ministry of Teen Challenge in Tallahassee. He was a pastor. Just, I mean, a loving guy. And, and one of the pastors at our deal was like, yeah, if he had enough faith. And so the, the misinterpretation of Scripture was really missing on a lot of what I grew up in. Now, the scholars call that hermeneutics. The understanding of Scriptures was just way off base. And so tonight in our journey of understanding the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're going to kind of take some time and we're going to answer three kind of essential questions that I think are universal when it comes to these gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the first question that we're going to want to answer uh, is, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? The second question I have for us is, uh, how are these gifts distributed? And the third question is, of course, what are, what are we to do with them? So we're going to pray, ask for God to um, just come in and just lead us in this moment, and then we'll, we'll get into um, to the scriptures. Father, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. God, thank you for this moment. God, we, we are so... We're so blessed to be able to have a, a great community to come to and be able to learn more about who you are. And I pray, God, in this moment that the spirit of the Lord would be ever present. And, and, and Father, that you would give me the gift of preaching and teaching right now to be able to um, very accurately, uh, God, share the, the scriptures with your people and be able to point them to Jesus. Father, we love you. We love the Holy Spirit. We love everything about what the Holy Spirit is, what he brings, and what he does. And so have your way in us tonight, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, if you would turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. And we're going to spend a lot of time in this, in this particular uh, section of Scripture tonight um, dealing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 11, says this. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is be cursed. 
And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, all these are the work of one in the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So in this portion of the Apostle Paul's letter, he's addressing spiritual matters amongst other things. And, and he doesn't want his readers to be ignorant to the, the things of God and to the, the ways that we can serve God. And he, get, he begins to explain how the, the Holy Spirit through the Trinity, that's, that's another churchy word for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, we got lazy with it, so we just say Trinity. Um, and, 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 and the scriptures of, uh, from verses 4 through 6 we see that the Holy Spirit has empowered us for good works through a variety of gifts, services, and activities. So to our first question, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? In verses 8 through 10, the Apostle Paul gives us a list of, of nine gifts here. And we're going to go really quickly through these, and, and, and then we're going to talk some more about it at the end. The gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of working miracles. Now, the gift of working miracles and, and, and healing can, can often, often be uh, misinterpreted for, for each other. The gift of healing is healing someone who has, you know, uh, uh, sickness or disease or is suffering, while the, the miraculous the signs and wonders, is, for example, would be like pardon the Red Sea. So, so there, there's a subtle difference there between the two. Uh, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment, the gift of tongues. This is essentially just learning or having the God-given ability to be able to speak in a foreign language. And then the interpretation of tongues is the ability to understand what those languages are and communicate them to your own language. And I think it's worth noting here that these are the most described and sought-after gifts Especially in church circles, when, when, when anybody talks about the, the gifts of the Spirit, this is the list that they go to. This is their go-to list. If, if uh, these gifts were in our, in our society, they would have a blue check on uh, Instagram. Because they're the well-known, they're most liked, and, and everyone is, is after them. But there's another set of gifts that doesn't get as much love and attention. And that, 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 those gifts can be found in Romans 12, verse 4 through 8. Romans 12, verse 4 through 8. Again, this is, uh, this is the Apostle Paul writing here. And he says this, Just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. 
So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a, man, if a man's gift is prophecy, prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. And if it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. The gifts of serving, encouraging, teaching, generosity. Let me just pause for a second. I don't know about y'all, but I love going to a place like Frost. I love going to a place like Stone Cold Ice Creamery. Cold Stone. Lighten up. Y'all know what I meant. Stone Cold Steve Austin. I love it when they operate out of gift of generosity. <laughs> and give a double portion to your boy. Uh, the gift of leading and the gift of showing mercy. Jay, please edit that tomorrow, brother. Please. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Please edit that. All these gifts are subject to the sovereignty of God's will. They're not superpowers that we are able to activate in our own ability, in our own accord. These gifts are determined by God's sovereignty as he sees fit. And in the description of what the gifts of the Holy Spirit is, I, I, there's, there's two things I want to kind of point out and highlight real quick. The first one is that this. Each of these gifts are unique to each other, but they're supplied by the one source. And each of these gifts are not given to the same person, but they're spread out throughout the Christian community. So the, the imagery that I, that I got of this is uh, my daughter is, is a part of her uh, orchestra. And she's in a sixth grade orchestra at our school. You, uh, Hardy, could you put that picture up? This, this is my daughter. Her name is Sunia. She's pretty. I, we love her. Um, she, so she, she's here playing the cello. Um, she, so there's 15 students in this, in this orchestra. And she plays the cello, of course, but there's other instruments like the violin, the viola, um, of course, the triangle. No, no orchestra is complete without the triangle. And uh, in, this, in these orchestras, they're assigned different parts. And, and when the conductor, Mr. Stevens, is, is conducting them, and when every assignment that is assigned to them is played at the right time, at the right moment, it makes a beautiful melody. And when we're, when we're now discussing this as a Christian orchestra, if you will, we've been given the gifts of the Holy Spirit by one conductor. Each of the gifts, they're different from each other. They play different parts. But when they are activated and assigned and demonstrated correctly, they are a representation and bring about a beauty of a melody that God has designed. This brings us to our next question of how these gifts are distributed. So if you would look at back to 1 Corinthians 12 and 11, 
Paul says this, that all these are the work of one in the same spirit. And he gives them each one just as he determines. So there are two observations to make here about how the gifts are distributed. The, if you're taking notes, write this down. Please write this down. <clears throat> the first observation is this. Not one Christian has every spiritual gift. However, the second observation is every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. If you're a Christian in this room, you have at least one. And to highlight that point that every Christian has at least one gift, turn with me to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 1 through 5. Paul reads, says this, as, you, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in the and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Just like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. In verse 4, in the ESV it says, but God. That's the way we say it back home, but God. Verse 4 says this, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. That's good news tonight. Because at one point we were with no life, unresponsive to the gospel. Our, our lives where we were the walking dead and, and at the instant of a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in God's sovereignty, he comes in, he breathes life into these dead and useless hearts and they, and they become alive. There's light in the eyes. There's activity in the limbs. And that is only, that only happens through the person of Jesus, through faith in Christ. There is no such thing as a Christian without a spiritual gift because every Christian has been supplied the gift of faith. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. The distribution of the spiritual gifts are done in a way that according to God's perfect plan for the glory of his son Jesus, but to the point that not one Christian has every gift. There's two examples I want us to look at in the book of Acts. And I'm just going to forewarn you. When we read in Acts, for the most part, the, these are not your, your run-of-the-mill stories. A lot of these stories that we read in Acts are just amazing, astonishing. In, in our culture, in our circles today, we don't see these kinds of things. But that doesn't mean they're not happening. The first story I want us to read and look at is in Acts chapter 9. We're going to start low and 
hit them high. So Acts chapter 9, verse 26 through 28. As you're you're turning there, I want to kind of set the scene here. So we're going to see this fellow by the name of Saul. And and he's on his way to Damascus to to terrorize some Christians. This this dude Saul was a bad dude, and not in a good way. He was just a bad dude. He was persecuting and, and, and wreaking havoc on the Christian church. And on his way to Damascus to continue wreaking havoc, he encounters Jesus. And his life is no longer the same. He gets introduced to a man by the name of Ananias. And, and they're at his house. They're praying. Ananias is praying for this dude, Saul. He gets saved. His, his, something like scales falls off his eyes, the scripture says. And then for the next three years, he's with Ananias and in Damascus, and he's just doing, he's doing him. And so we pick up in the story in verse 26. It says this, that, and when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. I got a, I, I, was, I was going over my notes today and, and, and kind of thinking through this, and I, there's an imagery that popped in my head real quick. Has anybody ever seen the movie Friday with Ice Cube? And who's seen that movie? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. I said to myself, if we had ten people, I'll tell it. So, in the movie, in the movie, in the movie Friday, in the movie Friday, <laughs> uh, Ice, Ice Cube, Ice Cube is, is, is well, <laughs> Craig and Smokey on the on the porch, and and and, and Debo riding the beach cruiser. He come in, and, and, and when they see when they see Debo, they, they get the chains and they start hiding their stuff. They're like, man, they go Debo, they go Debo. That's that, that's who Saul was. He was Debo. You, and the disciples ain't want to be around Debo. They try to, nah, I, we know about that dude. That's a bad dude. I got lost on like. <sighs> Jed, edit that, edit that tomorrow, edit. He's a bad dude. They didn't want to believe it. 27, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He then told him how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and and how he was on Damascus and and had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Some theologians believe that this is the hinging point between Saul becoming Paul because of this dude Barnabas. whose name actually means son of encourager. The gift of encouragement is displayed right here, and we see Saul now being welcomed by a group of men that honestly didn't want nothing to do with him. And that gift of encouragement doesn't always get the praise, doesn't always get highlighted in our circles. But yet still it is an amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. Another story we're going to look at is in Acts chapter 3. And this is now Peter. We're going to take a look at old Peter. See how these gifts are distributed. This is Acts chapter 3, 1 through 10. And it says this. 
And one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, a crippled man from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day by, to beg from those going to the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. Walk In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk, taking him by the right hand. He helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And what had happened was just 50 days ago, Peter was denying Christ. Just 50 days ago, Peter was trying to, man, I got, I got so many. <laughs> Peter didn't want the smoke. Does anybody know what that means? Nobody. See? Edit, Jed, edit. Um, Peter didn't want, he didn't want those problems of being associated around a dude like Jesus. He denied him three times. He didn't want it. And then, and then through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and now the gift of the Holy Spirit has been imparted unto his, unto his people, we see now Peter operating out of the gift of healing that has been distributed to him. Each of these gifts, the gift of encouragement and the gift of healing, they may seem like they're on two total odds of the spectrum. But here's what they have in common. Each of these gifts, when they are on display through the power of God, it reveals the purpose of God, which is namely to point others to Jesus. So if it's healing, if it's prophesying, if it's teaching, if it's serving, if it's, if it's, uh, uh, if it's encouraging one another, Whatever the gifts are, each of these gifts are to be used to glorify the name of Jesus. And that's what brings us to our last point, our last question of what are the purposes of the gifts? Because if you stay right there in Acts chapter 3, now we're going to turn our attention to verses 11 through 16. The story continues, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power and godliness we have made this man walk? The God of 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of your fathers, our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. Peter ain't pulling no punches. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith, the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know, was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. The gifts of the Holy Spirit has this one goal in mind. It is never to amuse or confuse anyone. He's always glorifying Jesus, building up the character and the nature of his people. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given for communal benefit, not for personal glorification. We have a, a, a gentleman here in, in our ministry named Eddie Reith. Y'all know who Eddie is? Yeah. <laughs> That's my dog. Eddie, Eddie has been coming to 710 now, I don't know, what, five years, Eddie? Yeah, we're going to say eight, five years. Um, and, and Eddie, he heads up our uh, greeters team, uh, also known as the, the Connect team. And Eddie does a wonderful job. I mean, this, this dude is faithful as the day is long. When the doors of the church are open, Eddie is there. The, these Bibles and pens on the table, Eddie did it. Them, them tables in the back, Eddie did it. And, and there's going to be a group of men that's going to, after, after service is over, they're going to turn the tables around. They're going to pick up these pens. They're going to pick up these Bibles. They're going to take these, those tables outside into the patio, and, and Eddie's going to be there. But here's the deal. Eddie's not going to get invited to a passion conference or, or a Hillsong conference to lead a seminar on what it means to greet. But that brother, I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, in my heart and in my mind, he has the gift of service. And when his gift of service is being displayed, it strengthens the body of Christ. The purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are to build up God's kingdom and strengthen his people. And when these two things happen, when, these, when those two things are married to each other, God's kingdom being built, his people being strengthened, then the ministry benefits the community. And towards the end of chapter 12, now if you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to land this plane here. Paul begins, he, Apostle Paul, he, he ties a bow around this subject of the spiritual gifts by placing love not just as the center point, but, but love is essentially the ultimate source of life for these gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, I'm going to read 
on into 13. It says this. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. In the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then the working of miracles, and also having gifts of healing, and those able to help, uh, help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts, and now I will show you the most excellent way. Verse 1, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. We can draw our whole conclusion to this one thought, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are to be accompanied by love. Because without love, the gifts are useless. God is love, and love is the motivating factor that moves us closer to the person of Jesus. We started this this thing out with a, a statement that I said earlier that I know this may sound foreign to a lot of us in here. And if you are, if you are new to like church and, and you, you're not a Christian by your own admission, like this may be super foreign to you. So here's, here's what I want you to take away from this. I want you to take away Jesus. What are you going to do with the person of Jesus? Before we could consider the gifts, we have to consider the giver. We have to consider that before God allowed us to have right relationship, his, his son had to die a death that we couldn't die. He had to pay a price that we couldn't pay. In order for us to have right relationship, to be in right standings with God, Jesus had to die. Consider that. Consider what your life would be like in Christ. And for those of, in, of us who are in here, who have trusted Christ as Savior, God has given you a gift. You have a gift, but you might not know what it is. This is going to be a starting point for us. In a little while, the band is going to come up, and they're going to lead us in some more worship. And we're going to get a time to pray around our tables. And I want us to 
pray for ways that we can essentially detect how, which, which gift we have, how God is leading us in the act of service through the gifts of the Spirit. And then there's, there's some practical things I want to actually uh, extend to you as well. Community, next to prayer, community, I believe, we believe, is the best way that you can detect what kind of gifts you have. With brothers and sisters who are in the faith, who are able to, to spot out what you're good at, what you, what you, what you have a knack towards. And, and God has already been working on a lot of your hearts in here. And then I've asked a couple of our leaders um, towards the end when we start worshiping to my right, your left, in this area where the couches are. If you need extra prayer, we're going to have a few of our leaders over here. We're going to have a few of our leaders here to walk, not only walk with you, but stand in the gap with you. Because I know there's some of you that, that are just running, and I know you have to be tired of running. I know some of you in here are, are in this search mode, and you got to be tired of searching. Give it to Jesus. Find rest in him. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to ask the band to come up. We start worshiping, and you guys can, if you want prayer, you can head over to the area where the couches are. Father, in your name, Jesus, we thank you so much for your love and grace towards us. God, it is so incredibly wonderful to know that we can come to you and ask in your name for things to be revealed to us. And God, you would do it. You would do that for us. And I pray that you would do it for all of us in here tonight. For those of you, for those in here who are struggling to find their place, God, I pray that you would, you would give them an answer to that. Pray that they would find their rest in you. For those who are trying to figure out what gifts they have, God, I pray that you would reveal that to them. For those who are searching just for truth in general, God, please, by your Holy Spirit, would you reveal that to them? And we're asking these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.